Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every week for open, honest, and real conversations about courage, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you to live your best life. This podcast is sponsored by HealingWays.com, helping you on your wellness journey. Visit HealingWays, that's healing, W-A-Z-E.com to find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources. great episode for me, for you, for everyone right now, no matter what. In these ever-shifting, intense, emotionally charged times, it is still possible to live our yummiest, most fulfilled, joyful lives. If you're thinking this is a nutty concept, then this episode and all that my guest, Danae Palmer, has to offer is what you need right now. I'm sure of it. Danae is so inspirational and joy-filled There's no way you're going to end this episode not feeling more joyful yourself and inspired. Danae Palmer is the author of Baptized by Love, A Yummy Guide to Daily Miracles. This memoir is a story of forgiveness, redemption, and the restoration of self-love and abundant joy. A resounding promise that no matter the heartbreak, violence, or trauma you've experienced, you can use your pain to uncover a life of present joy. She's also the author of Coffee with the Divine, a yummy guide to daily miracles, and the host of the Yummy Way podcast. Much of her adult life was spent as a psycho-spiritual mentor and metaphysical minister, coaching others to live their true, authentic lives. In this episode, we will talk all about her story. After listening, you'll definitely want to connect with Danae at her website, theyummyway.com. The direct link is in the show notes. Also, join us in the Dragonfly Connection Facebook group to let us know what you thought about this episode. You can even tag Danae with questions. And I just wanted to give you a heads up in case you missed my social media announcements. This will be my last interview episode for a little bit. I know, I'm sorry. Thank you, thank you for hearing that and being a little bummed, actually. But I I will be back. I'm taking a page from Danae's book, not her literal book, although I'm sure it's in there somewhere, but her philosophy. If it doesn't feel yummy, I'm not going to do it. Now, I'm not saying doing this podcast doesn't feel yummy. It feels scrumptious. In fact, as you'll pick up on, I haven't recorded an episode in a few months and I really, really miss it. But I'm currently pursuing a new business adventure that also feels really, really yummy. But it doesn't feel yummy to try to do both right now. So I'm taking a hopefully small break from the podcast and I'm also closing down one of my other businesses while I launch this new super duper yummy business. And when I say yummy, I mean yummy. I will be coming back sometime in October to tell you all about it and share the story of how it has come to be. It's really quite a story and what I'm really excited to share. But for now, it's Danae's turn. So let's hear her story. I'm sorry about your husband. Oh my goodness. Hey, yeah. it's what is. Yeah. You know, life's happening. And yeah. it just turns out that cancer's in our life now. And, you know, I mean, from the moment we found out the diagnosis, we just thought, you know, why resist it? It's happening. You know, might as yeah. well wrap our love around it and appreciate the moments we have together. However, that looks, if it's in an operating room or if it's, you know, the hospital or, I mean, one of his surgeries was, um, you know, 
happened after COVID. I couldn't even go in the hospital with him, you know? Oh, wow. And, but that's, that's what is, you know, and I do yeah. not want to, want to risk any kind of resistive energy at all. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's just like all of life, life happens, you know, yeah. and we either resist it or we let it flow through us and appreciate everything, you know, mm. and that, that's how I look at it. So. Yeah. Live in, live in your truth, live in what you, what you preach to others for sure. And, and honestly, this moment's the only moment we're actually living it, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I could walk out and get run over by a car and I'd go before him, you know, I mean, anything yeah. can happen. And so we all, we all act, act like, oh my God, a terminal illness. I'm sorry. Life is a terminal illness. <laughs> right? You None know, of us are making it alive. Us, right. <laughs> right. What, you know, my mentor, Betty, this is in my book too, but uh -huh. at one of the glorious moments of my life, really a life-changing moment is when she told me she had leukemia. And I was just like, oh my God, Betty, you're dying. And she takes my hand in her, my face in her hands like this. And she said, so are you, kid? What do you do with your present moments? I live. Oh, I just like shit. I know. Wow. Oh my, I want to be able to say that to somebody when I'm on my deathbed. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. And, you know, yeah. I, I had some glorious years with her after that day, you know? Yeah. And so you never know. I mean, Lair, my husband, mm -hmm. um, we found out in November that treatment's no longer going to work for him, which I had suspected because he was so sick, yeah. uh, the chemo and everything. And, and, and so we decided to let cancer take its natural course. So right now we're kind of basking in him having an appetite again, having some energy, not feeling like he's going to fall over going to the bathroom, you know, and, and, you know, when the, when the treatment becomes worse than the cure, than, mm -hmm. than the cancer, you know, and, yeah. and so, and who knows, I mean, we don't know how long we're going to have or anything like that, but we're loving what we have. And, and oh. just like we've always been with life since we've been together, you know, the, the drama of my life happened pretty much, not that we haven't gone through our shit, we have, but yeah. most of it, you know, my transformation really from a life of fear to one of love and joy happened before I met him. And we said the very first night we met each other, he was actually on a date with my best friend. Um, <laughs> oh, that is a story for another podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, you know, we were like, oh, my God, we're sitting there talking to each other and, and just staring at each other's eyes. We're like, we knew love had found us, whether we meant for it to or not. And we were like, oh, my God, everything that's happened in our lives has happened exactly like it's happened for this moment to happen. And I feel that way about life overall. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, every moment really is a miracle. And what are, th what are the odds you and I are talking to each other right now? All the forces of the universe that had to take place for this perfect moment, you know, yeah. it's, it's freaking awesome. You know, every little thing. I just, I just love that. I oh, just I think it's it. amazing. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep all this for the podcast. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind. I don't. Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I want to back up a little bit because okay. I can tell this is already headed deep into um, <laughs> what I already have planned to talk about. So first of all, I like my guests to kind of feel more connected to you. That's, you know, the dragonfly connection. Yeah. Um, so where are you located in the world? New Mexico. New Mexico. I'm in a little town called Los Lunas which is about 30 
miles south of Albuquerque. Oh, okay. Uh, that's kind of the point of reference most yeah. people need, you know. Yeah. And um, we we just live in a little um, small community here. Mm-hmm. And I was actually trying to be retired when writing started showing up in my, after my meditation time, uh-huh. at, you know. And um, and I thought, okay, well, you know, let's see what happens. And um, and and. And even with this book, so the first book that I wrote was, um, it's called Coffee with the Divine, A Yummy Guide to Daily Miracles. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, we're, I'm going to pause you there because we're going to talk okay. about that in a minute. Oh, okay. Mind. Yeah. I have lots of questions about that. So, <laughs> yes. How long have you lived in Albuquerque or you're not in Albuquerque, in New Mexico? I think we're coming up on our fourth year. Oh, okay. Here. Mm-hmm. We lived in Albuquerque for years, uh, about. I don't know. Anyway, well, well, my two youngest boys, Colin Parker, mm-hmm. were school aged. We decided to unschool them, and there was a there's a pretty thriving unschooling community community here, okay. that which is which is I don't know what you know about unschooling, but it's basically child led learning. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's learning through experience yeah. rather than academics. And mm-hmm. it's not that as a child, you know, as a kid's got an interest in something in this day and age, the internet and everything, you can find anything, you know, but as they get interested in something, as parents, we try to foster that interest, mm-hmm. provide every opportunity for them to experientially learn about it. And, and that might include some academics, but a lot of times it's very practical application of things. You know, that's the way my children learned reading, writing, arithmetic is through what was interesting to them. And they had to use those skills in order to be able to get what they wanted out of it, you know? Oh, cool. So, so yeah. it was probably uh, successful for all of you, for the whole family? Yes, both of them were entrepreneurs. and. Oh, nice. uh, and, you know, as parents, you know, I don't know about you, but when I, beca- I don't know if you're a mother, but I am <laughs> when I became a mother, you know, immediately certain scripts started filtering in my mind that I call it parent script, you know, mm-hmm. about what you're supposed to be like, how to be a good parent, what you're supposed to do. And none of them felt like love to me. Not certainly not the way I was raised. They didn't, yeah. you know, although my mother did her best that way. My father was very, a very disciplinary um strict kind of person. And, um, and so I, I really tried to let love guide me. And I, I had gotten this idea when I was doing all my work on myself that I believe that our children, all of us come with everything we need for the destiny we're supposed to have. And our job is, as parents is to not interfere, mm-hmm. but to foster that um, creativity and joy, and their love of life and keep them safe. Mm, and beautiful. that's and so that's basically it and when I get caught up in the parent script you know why didn't you guys clean your room or something I'd be like wait a minute that's my shit sorry guys and I'd just be visible with them with it you know and authentically you know and I think that has served us so well because we're so close oh, I love you know it. and believe me I really messed up in the beginning as a parent, you know, <laughs> we all have those mess ups. I, we won't go into that, but yeah, I can definitely relate. So I want to ask you kind of a, just a fun question before we get okay. started. I mean, all these questions are going to be fun because uh, just the title of your business and everything, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, last week in my Facebook group, I asked a question of everybody in there. And the question was what movie book or TV show would you live in if you could? Or if you had mm. to, and why? That, that is an interesting question. I know. Boy. You're welcome to take as much time as you want. And 
you know what flashed through my mind. So yeah. I'll just go ahead and yeah, say go it. With the first one. And it probably has to do with what we watched this last weekend, but Outlander. Oh, okay. Okay. I so like the I, idea of the time travel thing, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I've actually heard a lot of people say that that's where they would want to live. So yes. the time period stuff, t- me, moving through time, is that mm-hmm. kind of yeah. the story? Yeah. Okay. I really like those kinds of things. I remember when I was a young woman that there was a movie called um, Somewhere in Time. Okay. It's more of a romance, you know, you fall mm-hmm. in love with somebody, but they're from another era and you travel to them and all that. And I loved the idea of having a life one place, but getting to experience the history that built that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I, I feel that way that about everything in life right now, because every single thing that's happened made the moment before me what it is, you know, mm-hmm. and I love this moment and I'm, I appreciate it so much that the miracle of being alive in this moment and so mm. having that little glimpse into the back the past everyone's around not to mention some great romance I've got one so yeah <laughs> I don't know romance if it's I, I don't know how I feel exactly romance is kind of a tainted word from it is. the way we do business yeah but but deep love yeah. and respect and um and I'm I'm really blessed to have that with my husband I'm really grateful for that yeah yeah I I have the same and it is such a beautiful feeling Mm -hmm. and it is one of those things that I think I'm more into we'll just call it romance stuff now than I was before because I'm also living it so I can see that that's why we like that you know And Mm -hmm. and I'm living it and so I like to read about it I like to watch it and I love to like I'm definitely the matchmaker, not necessarily matchmaking, but I'm constantly trying to get all my single friends. How can we get you into this kind of relationship? I want this for everybody. (laughs) Right. You know, it's funny you said that. I told you that I was on a date with my girlfriend, Uh my best friends. And when I I said to her, you know, this Larry guy that you've been dating is just, he's really something because he was just like telling me just totally about himself. Oh, I've had so many awarenesses lately. I thought this is some kind of resume because he's not telling me you know all the things she'd said that were really cool about this guy and the way he made a living and stuff and she says oh my god if you two of you fell in love it'd be the greatest thing in the world this was her response to it and we did oh my god right so So, hey you never know with one of these little friends that you're trying to (laughs) introduce to each other yeah you never know i love that story oh my gosh okay so speaking of stories you have quite a few the yummy way which i love the title is the name of not only your business and the work you do but also your podcast so i want to start out first just introducing my listeners to what's the story behind the name what's your mission and then also i know that there's going to be a story behind how this all came to be. So please share. Yes. Well, the yummy way, it's just how I started talking about my life as it started changing is I'd be like, oh my God, that feels yummy. And, and I came to understand uh, as I started really taking a deeper look at myself mm-hmm. that there was this internal barometer inside and it either felt yummy or icky. Everything, life comes in, into us through our mm-hmm. senses and we experience it. And sometimes it just flows through us. Most of the time, things are happening all the time. We don't really take note. But then we mm-hmm. have this experience where we resist it or we cling to it, 
you know, and when that happens, it doesn't flow as easily, you know, it just doesn't, it, when it's flowing, it feels yummy. I'm aligned mm -hmm. with my true self. But if, if I'm saying, oh, I don't like that, I, something tightens up inside of me, it might be my psyche or my heart area. And, and I go, I call it your, it feels icky. So I call mm -hmm. this your yummy stat, right? I just started calling it my yummy stat. And if it feels icky inside, then I'm not aligned, right? So mm -hmm. it's telling me that I, I have a belief about this that I'm resisting what life is giving me in some level, maybe because of something I have in the past. And if it is something I have in the past, then I can take a look at that. It's not now, so it's not real. So why am I hanging on to it? You yeah. know, if it's unresolved for me, can I forgive it and let it go? Mm -hmm. And maybe I won't even know why I'm glitching up inside, why I've got the icky feeling. But I know that if it's icky, I need to not try to push forward without pausing, just inviting myself to soften around the tension in my psyche in my body and invite myself to let it go mm. so that I can let life flow through so that I'm uh, you know because it's going to store in your unconscious in your subconscious mm -hmm. if you don't let it flow through it's the same thing if you have a great experience you go I like this I mean preferences are a little dangerous because as soon as I go oh I really like this I'm almost saying I don't like something else you know mm, and then if we try to cling to that if we don't get it the next time, then what? Or we can't, so we're not letting it flow through either. Mm -hmm. but, and these preferences, you know, and I started to just notice how much I did that in my life. And I was trying to actually control the flow of life by my preferences. And I'm sorry, you cannot control the flow of life. Life, you know, life is doing what it's doing, just like we were talking about this moment happening. All mm -hmm. of those forces that brought us together have very little to do with you and I. Yeah. You know, and, and it, I mean, life's not personal. We take it personally and that's what causes the, the contraction in our, in uh, our psyche. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely. know, mm -hmm. and so if I just receive it, receive this moment, receive each moment as it is and work with when I notice I resist or try to cling, then I can let it just keep flowing through me and I don't drag anything into the past or the, or try to drag the future in. Oh my God, mm -hmm. this doesn't happen. Whatever, you know, uh, it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. It's <laughs> none of my business. You know, well, if I'm not present though, I won't be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. But when I'm present, I can always handle the present moment. How do I know I've had a, how many present moments and I'm still here second air on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. So Right. Yeah. This thing about, oh, my God, I can't handle it. That's just a lie we're telling ourselves. You've handled everything so far. You, you've just told yourself there was a better way or something like that. There wasn't a better way. It was what it was, you know, and, and this taught me to let go of judgments. My judgments mm -hmm. are always wrong. That They're always based on limited information. I don't have all the information, so I don't have any right to judge it. You know, plus yeah. judging feels icky. Yeah, it feels icky. Jive with the yummy life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so uh, that—that's kind of my commitment to life is uh -huh. to, is to start with the energy of love. First thing in the morning, you know, I get up about three o'clock every morning. I made a date with the divine almost forty years ago, and I've kept that date every day of my life. And I start out with saying, "Thank you, you know, good morning, love. Thank you for my life," and I just let love fill my, every cell of my body. That's the energy I want to sponsor that day. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, that's the way that I start my day. Then I, you know, go to my yummy room and, and do a little meditation and nowadays writing or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, spend the first couple of hours that way. But I feel like 
that's my responsibility. That's what I can do. How, how, how open is my receptor for, for life to flow through me? And with love, it's open. It's already in receiving mode, you know? Nice. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk, well, I had another question, but I'm going to go back to the date that you made with the divine. Yes. Um, I read that on your website. And so I was going to actually ask you about that. What does that look like? What did that look like? Tell us more about that. Well, that almost 40 years ago experience. I was, um, it was actually a recommendation of my mentor. Okay. Um, Betty, who I, I talk about in my book, but she recommended she. I was, uh, you know, doing my usual thing with her one day, you know, where I was talking about whatever thing I was doing. I was like, I just can't seem to keep the peace with me all day, you know. And she said, make a date with God first thing in the morning and keep it. And I was like, I don't know, you know, you have these moments where you go, oh my God, this is going to change everything. Mm -hmm. That's how you felt, you know. Uh -huh. And I mean, it was almost like time stood still for a second. And I just thought, oh, my God, imagine that I would care enough about me. So I was just learning to love myself at that point, you know, mm -hmm. that I would keep that commitment. Because believe me, I don't know about you, but how many times did I say I was going to start a new workout program? <laughs> or I was going to run every day or I was going to, you know, and then I would betray myself because I didn't have enough self-esteem, enough self-love to show up for myself every day. I promised to return phone calls and I couldn't do it. I, you know, I would, I meant to, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I, best of then, intentions. Then, then I'd look for something outside <laughs> myself to give me motivation again. Nothing outside of ourselves can really do it. Everything's an inside job. But at that moment, I knew it was a commitment that I would keep come hell or high water. And, and, you and have? I have, I have. Oh, that's awesome. So is it just, you kind of explained it a few minutes ago. It sounds, is it like a gratitude type practice as well? I mean, you said it's a mm -hmm. love. Yeah. You know, at first, well, I'd had this experience in the shower the day after I tried to kill myself and I checked mm, myself into yeah. a treatment center. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I'd had this experience where it was almost like the water, the experience itself. It was like love, a divine love, some, some bigger than anything I'd ever experienced in my life just flowed through my veins. And I felt whole and complete. Like there was actually nothing wrong with me that it wasn't defective in some way, you know, and that love belonged to me and was meant, I was meant to be um, a love being, you know, that it was actually like my DNA or something and, and that I deserved to be happy. And I, that had, none of that had ever occurred to me in my whole life. I was wow. always trying to be worthy of yeah. something, you know, and, um, but it was the most real experience I'd ever had in my life. You know, it wasn't, I, there was no thought, there was nothing like that. And so I had this, I was graced with that experience of feeling that love. So it was that that I first started to tune into every single morning, you know, in the effort to not get caught up in my old script anymore, you know, and, yeah. and then when she suggested that, then <laughs> it's hilarious when I think about it now, but, you know, the very first day I had this, this idea as I was going, to, I had a beanbag chairs where I sat to do my meditation, okay. had a little journal, you know, so for notes with God. Right. And, um, and, but I imagined that I was stepping into an ocean of, un, of unconditional love. And I just, I just let, let it kind of see, you know, every step flow up my body until I sat down in the beanbag chair and how much of that's imagination or, you know, a sensual thing that I I'd put, yeah. but but it was the 
it was the intention I had, I think that, and I think that's one of the important things about um, deciding to start your day with the divine. It is your intention. And there's, I mean, there's no line between what imagination is in this world and, and what receiving life is, mm-hmm. you know, because there, there's no fine line there really, because it, it par- part of what we're receiving it activates our imagination, right? Yeah, and yeah. and through will we can use use it in the reverse and and so i started that and then and i i had you know i made some promises to begin with you know uh, and to be open basically mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and of course pretty quickly i started deciding i wasn't doing it right <laughs> no uh, you probably can't admit. <laughs> that's right i'd be like you know, so of course I start reading books, taking Zen meditation, mm-hmm. transcendental meditation, and really mess the whole thing up, you know, because I had this idea of what is what it was supposed to look like. And yeah. this, I think this is what gets in the way, you know, I, I, I thought I was supposed to become some kind of enlightened being. Mm-hmm. I mean, today I recognize that enlightenment is, is being totally present in the moment we're living in because that's the only moment there is totally present and receiving it fully without resistance that's enlightenment that's as good as it gets yes thank you yeah i love the moment right right well we always try to complicate things yes you know (laughs) you know for me i i i just did because that's that's the way of it and and after i mean i finally had this experience where i i just said fuck it i'm uh, you're going to have to show me how this goes because I, I can't listen to this craziness anymore, you know, uh-huh. and, and just saying that, just that, let me let go. Like a uh, surrender. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first piece I'd had since I started taking over my meditation time on my own, you know? <laughs> and so, and, and then, and the, and the gloriousness of that was that I realized that I can't know just like any moment in this life. I can't know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It is in presence that I, I hear the voice of the, of the divine. I feel the experience of the divine. And if I try to decide how it's going to be, I can't experience it. Right. Right. Because you could be stepping in the way of something. Exactly. Way better even. Than right. What you're yeah, imagining. Even if it's something that I, I would tend to think, you know, like a pain in my back or something like mm-hmm. that, there's a reason. But if I say I don't want it, I'm getting in the way of experience of finding out why it's happening for me. Right. You know? Yeah. And so instead I go, Oh, pain in the back. I just receive it and notice it soften and let it be, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and so that became, and basically what happened is after that, I would just notice the thoughts that were going on in my head and let them do whatever the hell they wanted. While I kind of slipped that behind them. I just let my, my mind, let my, um being really mm-hmm. slip back behind them let them do what they wanted notice emotions would come up sometimes tears would just flow you know mm-hmm. and i just let them be what they were but i'm the one that was noticing and i really got in touch with being the one that noticed i'm not my thoughts i'm not my emotions i'm not the experience of life coming in through my senses i'm the one that notices i'm the one that's having this experience that's yeah. my life oh I you love know it. very yummy Yes. And that's yummy. Exactly. Noticing those things about ourselves is so yummy, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and because I would notice these things, or even if I started getting caught up in the spin in my head, you know, and I'd notice I'd be like, what the hell's going on up there? You Mm -hmm. know? Oh, that's that story. The second I realized I'm noticing, oh my God, 
I just love myself for that. I mean, you know, and I, that's one of the things that really kind of stabilized this sense of self-love that I had. I was, I really like the girl that shows up to that and notices, you know? Oh, I love it. Oh, yes. Okay. So we're going to talk more about that girl. Because <laughs> um, I gather from just a little bit, I know about your one of your books, we're going to talk about both, but the first one, Baptized by Love, How I Found Present Joy and Never Let It Go. It yeah. sounds like it's probably about your healing journey. You just mentioned something about a pretty deep mental illness, a challenge that you have yes. gone through. Uh, so share share with us a little bit about those challenges. You mentioned even like possibly suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What what were the struggles that you were working through and what besides this beautiful ritual that you have, <laughs> what were some of the other things that got you to where you are now? Well, you know, I grew up in a, in, like I mentioned that my father was um, very um, disciplinary and, and I grew up afraid as far back as I remember, that's yeah. the first, that's the first feeling I can remember. That's right. the first, it was, it, it, it infused everything in my life. And I deferred to authority figures, whoever wielded the power was the person that I, I tried to please to become worthy of acceptance and love. And I think that a lot of us from all kinds of backgrounds still get that, you know, we get this idea that our parents are, are, our authorities, you know, and that we need their approval in order to, you know, as a parent, I'd say we need their love. Thanks very much. And, and I hope that we raise our children to approve of themselves. Yeah. And as a result, when I started to meet men and stuff, I migrated toward the same kind of domineering, you know, love to me was like someone who I was always trying to earn their love, you know, that mm -hmm. disapproved of so many things and I, that I could fix to get better, to be a more worthy person. And I ended up in a, in a relationship with an abusive man. And um, ultimately he ended up burning my son's hands. And, mm. and I, I mean, it was one thing with me, right? I just, right. I got, I got myself in that problem. I'll get myself out, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. But it was also the catalyst for me to change my life because when, when I took him to the emergency room and all that, they, you know, called child services and took yeah. my children from me. And Oof. that I couldn't live with that reality. Yeah. I couldn't live and I couldn't die. And so I decided to put a shotgun under my chin and I tried to pull the trigger. For some reason, I couldn't get the job done. <laughs> I couldn't even do that right. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you failed at that. I one. know. <laughs> in that moment, you know, yeah. I just said, look, if there's a God out there, please take my life from me. I don't mm -hmm. deserve to live. I don't deserve to be a mom. I can't do this. I died inside the Danae I knew. And I was completely open to another way. And the thought came to me to check myself into treatment at a place called the House of Hope where my sister had been in treatment before and, and failed at it. <laughs> but it was the only place I knew of where a person could change their whole life. Mm -hmm. And luckily I qualified, definitely qualified. Um, because <laughs> one of the ways I dealt with the, the circumstances of my life, feeling like a bad mom, be, being addicted to this man was using drugs and alcohol. You know, ah, okay. And so I definitely had them as an escape. I didn't know I was an alcoholic. It turned out I was, <laughs> but um, uh, and you know, it's one of those things where you go, oh my god, you know, an alcoholic, and thank God, 
because it's it, it's such a gateway. Recovery is such a gateway for so many people. I think that Alcoholics Anonymous is the greatest mental health movement in the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. It changed the way that we look at mental health and yeah. the ability to have 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 something like a disease like alcoholism or any of them, name one, mm -hmm. and find a way to deal with it healthily. You know, it can be, it's so often that that bottom like that, that that crash where we finally decide that we we cannot live the way we've been living and we'll do anything. The commitment I made that day in the shower was when I felt that love is I'm going to change my whole life today and I'm not looking back. I'm going to be happy, love my life if it's the last thing I do, you know, no matter what. And I think that that and, and there was nothing that was going to keep me from doing that. And I think that's an important moment where we we make a decision on our own behalf, you know, yeah. and because it lets us face things that we had formerly run away from, distracted from. And I was willing to face it all and forgive it, mm. you know, and yeah. if it's not happening now, it's not real. It's a story from the past that's influencing my present moment. If it came up, it's because that energy stuck there. And it's influencing the way I'm seeing my present moment. And I don't want that. I want life to flow through me, you know? And so can I let it go? Even if I don't know the circumstances, I can feel that tension in my psyche, that icky feeling inside. So I can soften around it. And not have Breathe through it. That's right. And forgive it. And, uh, and then, you know, feel the love that wants to rise up anyway and flow mm -hmm. through, you know? And so I, and I was so fortunate because I met Betty right away and she was miraculous and she was just like this really vibrant bold audacious broad you know mm -hmm. and I adored her and so I was so fortunate to work with her for several years before eventually the, the leukemia took her but mm -hmm. as a result um, I not only emulated her but together we we took a look at, at what my belief system was. And I always had that constant thing where she'd say, why are you treating yourself this way by the way you're judging this circumstance or, you know, and I yeah. learned a way of a dialogue with myself and the world that was, that came from love instead of fear. And eventually I started working with other people. I was invited to work at the very same treatment center I'd gone through and oh, went back to college and, you know, all of that. And yeah then became a minister and did some psycho-spiritual practice for a long time. And, and not only that, and repaired my relationship with my children down mm -hmm. the road. And many years later, I decided that I, I'd reparented myself and I loved myself and I had all this love just bursting out of my heart. And I thought, you know, if you could see fit for me to have a couple more kids, I sure love it to be a mom again. And I decided to have Colton Parker and... That, so there's a big time difference between yeah. my, my two sets of kids. But What's the age difference between the two sets? My oldest um, is Randy. Okay. She's Lynn in my book, but um, okay. she's 45. Okay. And my youngest is Parker. He's 25. Wow. 20 <laughs> years. Okay. I have a 14 year difference between, I just have two kids, but 14 years between the two. So you have beat me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something. So it, when, when I had Colin Parker, 
um, it, Randy and I are so close and, and people are like, uh, who's the mom? <laughs> I'm the mom of all these guys. <laughs> oh, Best I job in the whole wide world. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. What a wonderful story. So it sounds, so then you, you did remarry and yes. found yes. your partner that you have now, who's also your partner in your podcast, correct? Yes, he is. Yeah. Actually, um, well, Parker and Cole's dad was a donor, so but I was still nursing Parker when okay. I met Lair. Oh, so okay. he's been their dad their whole life. Mm -hmm. And um and I started the podcast with Parker, actually. We were having okay. all these really yummy conversations. He's, he goes, you know, we should just press play and start doing a podcast. I mean, he's that generation, right? Uh -huh. And I was like, Oh my god, that sounds like a fun idea. We could call it the yummy way, you know? And because every conversation was kind of like that. Okay, I've got this struggle going on. Why yeah. is it that I'm letting my brain bother me? You know, mm -hmm. what story am I telling myself? And we were always dismantling these beliefs and, and stuff and looking finding other ways to look at it that were self yeah. self um affirming rather than um abusive and and just the joy of that. And then it came a point you know, about a year, year and a half down the road where he's like, so it doesn't feel yummy to do the podcast for me anymore. Mom can do these other endeavors. And I'm like, okay. So, um, which is always my commitment with everything. If it doesn't feel yummy, I'm not going to do it because it's yeah. not authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I don't do anything out of obligation. I don't do anything I don't want to do because you want it. Believe me, I want to be full on present and authentically alive. I don't want people hanging out with me if they don't want to be with me. You know, yeah. so why would I do it? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel about everything. And so I said to my husband, Hey, Lair, Parker doesn't really want to do the podcast with me anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I feel like doing it. He goes, I'll do it with you. And I'm like, dude, that's fantastic. Cause we're constantly in the conversation with each other. We've been this way, our whole marriage, just amazing conversation all the time. And recently the last, you know, last while, especially since he went off the chemo, mm -hmm. you know, um, we, we started, we did, a, we've been doing a non, kind of an ongoing, um, living with cancer thing because we feel like we have, we have the right approach to it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's what is, you know, all of life say yes to life, whatever that is, it's the gift you're being given. That's it, man. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's not personal. Yeah. So we make it personal when we resist it or try to cling to that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, that we just decided to wrap our love around it and every single minute yeah yes yeah. i love yeah. it oh that just yeah makes me so happy for you and makes me Thank happy you. to know that like everybody can have experiences like this if yeah if they just if they seek it out we can we can change our lives uh you mentioned uh, at some point forgiveness yes and i know that is a huge piece of any kind of recovery from not just addiction but even just the mental health challenges that many people face. What are some ways that someone could really work on or get to the heart of forgiving themselves and other people? You know, like, it's like fully. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's a good, it, it's a good question. And it, it's interesting that we struggle with it because yeah. everything that we're trying to forgive is actually past. <laughs> Yeah. It's not, it's not actually real. You can't put a pin in it. You know, everything uh -huh. we're trying to forgive has already been done. So the business with the universe has mm -hmm. already been handled. 
you know, and whether we gain something from that or not, we learned something from it. The, th the cool thing about life, that's how fucking generous it is, is that it will bring the opportunity to learn that lesson again. It might, <laughs> right? Yeah. If we didn't get, so, but we hang on to these things because we wish they didn't happen. I'm sorry, they happened. Yeah. We took them personally. I'm sorry, they weren't, you know? And I think these are the kinds of conversations you need to be honest with yourself about. It's not, it's not present, so it's not real. It's not loving, so it's not real. Okay. Because love is who we are. And is it is the force of life that makes everything happen. It makes the sun rise in the morning and, and me rise in the morning. And you and I be here together. And that, you know, knowing, knowing that. So let's just, we'll just use the situation with my boyfriend burning my son's hands. Because yes. I talk about this oh, in the book since we're one. talking about that. Yeah. And I, 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 I truly felt like penance was, was my just dessert for letting that happen. You know what I'm saying? That I, I just had to live with, I had to make sure I felt guilty and ashamed because that proved I love my kids, right? Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. And then I had this amazing experience where we actually ran into the guy. He, Lucas just basically said, just faced him straight on, you know, little teeny boy. He says, I, I know you're sorry for burning my hands. Wow. And I realized, oh my God, it's that simple. Forgiveness is that simple. Don't run away from it. Tell the truth about it. Uh -huh. Face it. And let it go. And in that moment, I faced it. I'd been doing all kind of work on it, you know, and forgiving myself and that. But I, I, I couldn't forgive myself and hold myself guilty at the same time. I couldn't hang on to my shame and for, forgive myself as well. And and I, th I realized in that moment, as long as I don't forgive myself, I'm going to pity my children for what happened to them. And love and pity can't occupy the same space. They deserve my love and my respect. And I just got a role model of how to do it from a three-year-old. Right? A three-year-old. So, oh, that's beautiful. Right. And and it was such a role model for me that I saw the truth of that. And ultimately, you know, I faced my father in the same way. The last many years, maybe 20 years of his life, he and I were really connected in a whole different way. He was a completely transformed human being as well, you know, and he, believe me, he got asshole of the year every year when I was a kid, <laughs> <laughs> won the award for that, believe me, you know, but I think like, like you said, it's so important to recognize that love will transform everything. Mm -hmm. And the only way to have that pure love flowing through is to forgive the past. And every lack of forgiveness is our desire to hold on to the past. You know, would you rather be right or happy? Yeah. I don't care how right you are about how wronged they were, you know, how wrong they, how much they wronged you or anything like that. Uh, if it's not happening now, it's not, it's not real. It's not actually happening. It's not your life. It's your story, you know? And why do we want our stories to cause us pain? They're not real. We're making the suffering happen, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. sufferings, as we always say, pain's inevitable, but suffering's optional, you know, and it's just really true. I'm not saying ever avoid it. If you get that icky glitch inside, it's, it's energy that's been stuck there from the unresolved something in the past that's trying to come up and flow through so that you can let life flow through you and let it, you know, it might even be that you'll have to have some icky feelings for a minute, but if you're noticing, so you're separate a little bit from the feelings, you're mm -hmm. going, oh, I'm experiencing those icky feelings. I'm giving myself permission to go ahead 
And I, I went through a lot of this in my early days to forgive that experience with Lucas and, and, and to grieve, you know, and some of the other things that led up to my being in an experience with an abusive man, you know, mm -hmm. that I just tried to shelf, you know, so that never happened. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but as I gave myself permission I wanted to forgive everything. I didn't want anything from the past to mar this present moment. I've been graced with this moment. And so I want to do whatever I can to keep the mirror clean, if mm, you will. Keep the mirror clean. And yeah. so, you know, if it came up, I'd and I just let myself fall. Even writing a memoir, I was never going to write a memoir. Everybody thinks their story's so great, you know. But, um, but, I, as I started writing, the, I was going to write a book called The Yummy Way, saying yes to what is, mm. and just talk about my philosophies, tell some of the stories. So one of the stories, as I started to write it, I realized it was almost like this other voice yesterday was there talking to me and, and saying, you know, I, I have a story to tell. And I think that's what you're, what, what you need to write this about. And so I surrendered to it and it actually came flowing through me, you know, and I wept there, you know, and it was such a glorious experience because I really loved this, this courageous young woman mm -hmm. who somehow pulled herself up and, and surrendered herself to the divine and to the people that life brought into her path and, and um, took note of the gifts that were being given her and did something with them did the work, you know, yeah. moment to moment. And, and looking at her from the compassion of, that I have as a, a woman now, you mm -hmm. know, and just letting her have that voice she didn't get to have. But from this adult woman's perspective, and a lot of my, a lot of us say that we write our books first for ourselves, and then for our audience, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't know that until I was doing it, you know, I feel like I, I gave that girl a gift, that, you know, that or yesterday, a gift that I couldn't have done any other way. And I think yeah. it turned out marvelously, you know, and it did turn out to have a lot of the same philosophies and things I was going to put in there anyway, because <laughs> that's the way I, that's the way I transform my life. Right. Right. And yeah, it makes sense. ultimately it started working with other people and helped them. So that, you know, that was a, uh, it turned out to be great that way for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people that have written, um, you know, self, mainly self-improvement books but other books as well it's a heal it's part of their healing journey it's a healing method for mm -hmm. them as well and that's exactly what it sounds like it did for you and then why not then let it be something to help other people like how beautiful is that do you so i want to just really quick talk a little a few more minutes maybe about um forgiveness where there besides surrendering and and having your practice your love your date with the divine every day you know, there's a, just a ton of tools that people like to throw out there, like writing letters to people for forgiveness or just journaling or meditating. Are there like some concrete things that you did or was it just severe, just, just um, being in the present? First, accepting it. Acceptance, yeah, okay. Acceptance mm -hmm. is such a, a crucial piece, you know. So I noticed that if if I'm resisting some memory or something that happened, you know, where you have, it could be some, it could be conversation. Oh, I really wish I would have said that. Or, oh, she, how could she be so mean? Or, you know, come, some kind of bullshit, something that would make yeah. us just a little, we'll call it a small, a small forgiveness that needs to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. But that very thing can make me avoid around the street. 
right? Yeah. It can, it somehow diminishes my presence in the world and the rights of the dignity of all human beings is presence in the world, right? And so um, first I accept uh, that just happened. It, you know, the story that it, it should have gone a bit different way, which we always do, I always should have said that. There's no, there's no possibility that that's true. It went the way it went. That's reality. And that, I think that's such a crucial piece of forgiveness. It went the yeah. way it went. That's reality. My boyfriend burned my son's hands. It went the way that it went. That's reality. And, and saying, oh my gosh, why did I ever get involved with him? How could I have put my children in his care? All of that shit means nothing. That's just a story to beat myself up with and realizing the difference between what actually happened. It happened. It went that way. It couldn't have gone any other way. How do I know? It went the way it went. That's such an important thing to realize about life. It's not personal. I don't care what I say about it. You know, the story is always personal, but what happened wasn't. It was just life happening. And and the gift of it is there's always something for me to learn and grow with. But as long as I wish it didn't happen, as long as I try to tell a story about it, I can't see that gift, Yeah. you know? So first I recognize what happened, happened. It's not personal. I don't care if, it, and I've just told a very personal story, right? Yeah. But it was just life happening. It couldn't have happened any other way. And I accept that. And the past is gone. Mm-hmm. It's not happening now. I'm the one that's dragging it into the present moment and cut and that influences, you know, it's like putting color on my vision of the world, you know, so I can't really, it influences how I see everything as long as I'm dragging the past into it, but the past isn't actually real. It's not, there, there's no chance that it's real. And so I recognize that. So if it's past and it's not real, mm-hmm. can I let it go? Can I let it go? And I may have to do a dozen times with some of these things, maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand. You know, one of the ways we can do that is is share our truth with another human being. And, you know, I mean, literally for me, there have been moments where I'd be be keen on something. I'd go, oh my God, that's such a big awareness. Hurry and write it down, right? Mm -hmm. Get Somehow get it outside of the spin in my head because it has a pathway already. Yeah. It's already built certain neural pathways to avoid that pain. And so I want to do something different to change that pathway. So if the only thing I have is me right now, mm-hmm. you know, I might speak it out loud, but I'll definitely, if I can write it down, I'll write it down. I'll grab the person next to me on a bus stop and start talking about, oh my God, I just had this awareness. I don't <laughs> care because especially connecting with another human being, I've just gave myself to have permission to breathe air on the planet. That, that what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm, the awareness I'm having matters. It matters to me. I'm giving myself permission to have my voice about it. And this is the way I learned to have my permission. Yeah, so I gave it to myself. I finally figured that shit out. <laughs> Nobody was going to give it to me, you know? And so, um, so that's another thing that you can do. Somehow get it outside of yourself. If you have to do it a hundred times, people in your life are sick of you talking about it. Not, not saying talking about it like you were wounded. Don't let your victimology run the story. Yeah. You know, but say, but you talk about it from the awareness. So you're aware of the st- what the story is. This awareness is what's talking. It's the person that's noticing the story going, I'm noticing the story. And you can start your conversation by saying that I'm noticing the story that's spinning in my head. And I've been living true to that shit for, and, and you know, it's 10 years ago, right? Yeah. So, um, so I don't want it to, I don't want it to influence my moment anymore. And when you've couched that that way, you've already set parameters for it, uh, for the ending of it. 
mm-hmm. to influence your life. You see, we talk about it when we get spill it in front of another person um, from the perspective of I'm doing this so that together, you know, by joining together our energy of acceptance through your listening, my sharing, I'm letting I'm letting it dissolve into the nothingness which where, where it should be or into a memory. But now my memory gets transformed. Like I talk about, I talk about the situation with um, Dick burning Luke's hands, right? Like, you know, and that's because it's part of the whole story of my transformation now. Without it, I might never have changed my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have been like a hundred thousand other women who ended up drug addicts and alcoholics, lost their children, never got them back, got got themselves in much worse situations, you know, but by the grace of God, I didn't. And because I faced it, and brought love to the equation mm-hmm. and let forgave it, letting the past go, recognizing it's not here, giving myself permission for that, for not to influence the present moment. And obviously, if you're if you're alone with it and it's really bothering you, to sit, like we talked about with the meditation where you're resting as awareness mm-hmm. and you notice how the story is just driving you nuts. You you just witness those thoughts and you remind yourself that it's a story and that you're in the process of letting the past be the past and let yourself just love yourself for doing that. You don't have to change anything else yet. Love will do the work for you. Oh, that's great. Love will do the work for you. Oh, I actually needed to hear, hear that today too. I'm not going to go into my personal story, but (laughs) (laughs) I just had, I had something recently that threw me into, oh, I guess I need to work more on the forgiveness piece. So I appreciate that just everything you said. I'm like, okay, I'm going to approach this in maybe a little bit different way than I have and see if this works better. Before we run out of time, I do want to just really quick talk about your other book that I love the, like the guidebooks, you know, the 365 day books. So um, it's Coffee with the Divine, a yummy guide to daily miracles. And it sounds like it's a daily, it's a book with daily lessons. Yes. I'm going to totally possibly throw you off at this point. um, And that's okay. (laughs) we'll just roll with it do you have the book with you nearby and if so i do would you mind reading a lesson for today out of there okay hold on okay get the headphones back on here okay (laughs) oh how about this one let me perceive forgiveness as it is there we go Ooh. okay (laughs) um isn't it wonderful to see forgiveness from a whole new place it's not that we have have to do anything merely let the faults be faults seeking only the true forgiveness is not where we see the faults of others and pardon them as a as the bigger person true forgiveness does not see error in our brother the reason we make it it difficult for ourselves is that we believe we must overlook the truth understanding that everything that happens in our world is now picturing of our own mind we know that what we think someone has done hasn't happened in truth, but is a projection of the error of an error in our mind. When we assign blame and then forgive, it's like a double lie. First, we believe sin is possible and has occurred, and then by pardoning it, we mock the truth of our, of our brother, assigning us both to the imprisonment of guilt. The one we blame is actually a mirror reflecting the error back to us so we can see it and choose again. Forgiveness lets us appreciate our brother's part in our healing. Forgiveness is the one illusion that corrects illusion altogether. True forgiveness overlooks the idea of sin entirely and sees directly into the innocence we share as children of the divine. 
I never need to seek out opportunities to practice the idea for today, because everywhere I go, I find the story of me. When my sister Dion relapsed, it hit me like a gut shot. She'd been sober nearly 18 months, the longest period in her life. I had it wired up that she she was finally getting it. I had a whole idea whole vision of how things would go cue music sober together marching hand in hand <laughs> she called obviously drunk to tell me she wasn't happy sober and nothing I could say would change her mind well certainly not while she was loaded <laughs> uh, holding the phone to my chest I slid to the door to the floor defeated and afraid for her tears streaming when she came into the Western Institute where I worked, she was nearly dead from malnutrition and alcohol poisoning. It's a miracle she lived. I thought it was the big turning point. She'd be going back to panhandling for booze, putting herself in all kinds of difficult situations, dangerous situations, like she'd done for the last 30 years. That thought was like a flip switch. Who am I to decide that sobriety is better for Dion than, than what she chooses? Let me perceive forgiveness as it is. I inst instantly, the fog of judgment lifts. Gianna's due my wholehearted honor, love, and faith. I don't, I don't know because I only see what is put there. I open my mind and let the light come flooding in. Immense love washes through me and speaks these words. I love you, Dion. I know that the divine is with you and in you. I honor your choice to find your own way and not mine. I extend my faith and love to go with, go with you wherever your life takes you. I'm in it with my whole, whole heart. I truly could not see a problem with her choice. God's got this. It's not my business. My business is only this, to love with complete abandon and trust. This holy encounter was the last real exchange I had with Dion, for which I am truly grateful. Woo! That's awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for just You're rolling welcome. with it. Oh, that's good. So there's 365 lessons. Yes. Similar to that, but all about different, different things to mm -hmm. make our Which lives is, more yummy. You know, so many of us have, have latched onto little mantras and affirmations and stuff like that. And this is a, this is really to undo the programming the, these lessons are to undo fearful thoughts and mm -hmm. endorse our natural loving thoughts about life. And, and so, and each one has a little story about how I've practiced that lesson, like this one we just read. Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for reading that. Is there anything else that you would want to share with people that are, you know, struggling right now, just um, any more uplifting words or wisdom? Because there are a lot of us in the world, you know, with all the things going on that need a little extra. Right now. Yes. Yes. I, I think, you know, basically I, I've touched on this, but things I always say to myself when I'm noticing, let's say I'm scrolling through my feed on my yes. phone or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. Or I, I can't, I can't, I, you know, or I'll be overwhelmed, like what's happening in Ukraine or with the pandemic or mm -hmm. something like that. And, and of course I'm going to feel, especially like the shootings, right? Right. Yeah. this over this immense grief right mm -hmm. and my my judgmental brain wants to make something wrong with them and something right with me because I don't do that shit right mm -hmm. yeah. I mean but that just interferes with the experience that's being graced me right now and what what I have I'm activating a, 
a huge belly of compassion for all humankind. That's what we need. We need compassion. That's what will help transform the, the damaged minds of our society. And so that's what I want to contribute to the energy pool right now. And so, you know, like I said earlier, if it's not happening now, it's not real. But if it is happening now and we're having big feelings about it, mm -hmm. uh, the way that we let them flow through is notice the, the, the feeling beneath like the agony we experience when we hear bad news. Notice the feeling beneath that and recognize the compassion that's there. The thing that connects us as one being in this glorious universe of diversity and feel into that. Let yourself shed the tears. I bought like a baby you know, every time oh, yeah. I do, you know, but I don't stop myself from that either because letting the more each of us gives ourselves permission to feel all of our feelings without letting that would not giving ourselves permission to feel victim of it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's just happening. It's not personal. That's the other thing. Recognizing it's what's happening. You know, there's been shit like this going on since the beginning of time. Yeah. Study any history at all. You know that the struggle of humanity is always between those two love and fear inside of us yeah. and the war is within ourselves. And sometimes it ends up attacking other people and it doesn't help to um, attack them mentally in our mind. That just adds to the fear pool of the energy stream. Right. The fear pool, and, so, yeah. and so instead we can have compassion and sometimes it's really difficult to do that. But when you really think of it as we're all beings, we all have a story and some, sometimes that plays out in a very, difficult circumstance. There's no chance that adding compassion to the pool, you know, I can love them because they're a fellow human being. I don't have to like the shit they're doing, mm -hmm. but everyone that deserves the dignity and grace and right to be here, everyone. Mm -hmm. That's why it hurts me so bad when I see unnecessary death. You know, what I would think is unnecessary <laughs> anyway, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of it. So I say, if it's not, if it's not happening now, it's not real. Mm -hmm. If it's not loving, it's not real. And those are the things I say to myself when I get glitched up. So what is real? What is happening now? And can I love it? And yeah. can I just sit with it long enough until I can feel the love rise up within me so that I can let that moment go and be present in this one? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. And you mentioned feeling the feelings, which is super important, which can't be just said enough because I think when we don't feel the feelings, it does add to that mental load, that pool of fear. And, and that starts with ourselves and feeling the feelings and not judging right. ourselves for them. Right. Yeah. That thing that we were talking about earlier where, you know, so we're having feelings, say I'm really pissed off, right? Yeah. I'm not the piss off. I'm the one noticing I've got pissed off emotions going on. Mm. And that's such a crucial thing, crucial thing. So I think so often we, this is how we stay away from being a victim of our, of our feelings yeah. and let ourselves have them. They're part of life. You're supposed to experience life. That's why we're here. Right. So, <laughs> and we, why we have emotions is to experience the fullness of them. But if I notice that I'm not the emotions themselves, this is the experience I'm being given, you know, then I don't have to get caught up in, you know, my preferences I don't mm -hmm. want to be feeling this. Uh, you're feeling it. <laughs> so, you know, st stop the judgment of it. Quit the preference on it. You know, give it, give it everything and love yourself for giving it to yourself. Mm. 
That's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. So Thank yummy. You. Yeah, I will definitely <laughs> have to listen more to your podcast and I will have the links to your podcast and all the ways people can connect with you in the show notes. I appreciate having you here so much. It has. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's definitely been the thing that I just I feel so much joy right now that I'm hoping that's um, well, I know it is strengthening my immune system to kick this COVID yes. finally out the door. There you go. There you go. <laughs> thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.